The following program contains comic mischief commonly found in PG-rated family-friendly films. It does not necessarily represent the values of this station. The following episode of Magi and the Quest for Christmas contains traffic sounds such as honking horns and sirens. These may disorient listeners who are driving, so please be mindful of your surroundings and enjoy. You're listening to Magi and the Quest for Christmas, the adventure comedy movie for your ears, created by Secret Level Entertainment and presented to you for your holiday season by this radio station. Hear it again or hear what you missed at magipodcast.com. That's M-A-G-I podcast.com. Previously on the show, King Herod hatched an evil scheme to get rid of the infant Messiah, and the Magi's plan to stop him got them time-warped into the future. Chapter 3, The Future Where was I? Ah, here we go. Deer in the headlights. You could call him a seer in the headlights. Yeah, that's really good. John slams into Casper, knocking him out of the way just in time for the semi to storm by like a freight train. John leaps over the guardrail and hides in the brush. Slipping and sliding on the icy shoulder, Casper bowls into Baz and Mel, and the Magi go barreling over the highway railing together. Toppling over onto a steep, snow-covered hill, the Magi bounce and roll all the way down to the bottom of a highway culvert. They lay on their backs and Casper points up. A star, a star soaring in the sky with a tail as big as a kite. Airplane. It's an airplane. Inching its way across the clear blue sky, its lights blink, which is not unlike the twinkle of a star. But it is straight up an airplane. It's the Star of Bethlehem. From the prophecy. Nope. Airplane. But Baz is so excited that she springs to her feet and scrambles over the banks of snow. We follow that star and we'll find the birthplace of the Messiah. Come on, we gotta save him. Watching from behind the guardrail, John is relieved to see that the Magi are safe. For now, pulling out his one remaining time orb, John tries to activate it with a series of twists. The orb tries to light up, but it powers down like a flashlight with dead batteries. Don't do this to me. Not now. He smacks it a couple times, but no dice. Reluctantly, he sets off after the Magi on foot. You're listening to Magi and the Quest for Christmas, the adventure comedy movie for your ears. Hear it again or hear what you missed at magipodcast.com. Okay, so now we're back with Katie and David. They're parked at this kind of backroads gas station where you hope you never have to use the bathroom. The heat's still broken, so they're bundled up in coats, hats, and mittens, trying to stay warm. Don't worry, Mom. It's kind of fun. He goes for a mitten-handed fist bump, but she lowers her head into her hands, defeated. (sighs) Katie's got her phone wedged between her ear and shoulder as she and David enter the gas station. She motions for David to go ahead to the bathroom. So... How you doing? On the other end of this call, we've got Katie's father, Kevin. He's a jolly, middle-aged man with a beard and a heart of gold. That is to say, his heart's made of gold, but the beard is made of, you know, beard. He's in a grocery store browsing a rack of spices, except that he has no idea what he's looking for. I don't know, Dad. We're, we're 
seen the death out here. Oh, I'm the worst. Kevin consults his chicken scratch grocery list. You want to know what's the worst? My handwriting. Katie steps up to the gas station counter, picking through her wallet and then her pockets. The teenage clerk waits impatiently. What's that secret thing your mom always put in the stuffing? You're making mom stuffing? Someone's gotta make so it. So, can I help you or. Yeah, one second. The clerk watches as a line of impatient customers begins to form behind Katie. She searches her pockets again. Beef gravy, chicken gravy. I just always thought it was gravy. Uh, yeah, Dad, that's tough. Uh, hello? Flustered, Katie finally pushes the clerk a credit card. Here, try this one. Easy, lady. Hey, honey, is everything okay? Um, Katie's heart sinks. The teenage clerk glares at her with a hint of twisted satisfaction. Kevin leans against the aisle shelf, fully invested in the phone conversation with his daughter. Look, your card's declined, okay? Okay. Hey, Dad, I'll call you back. A lady tries to look at the spice rack against which Kevin is leaning. He apologizes to her silently and gets out of the way. Sweetie, hey, listen to me. Hang up the phone and I'll transfer you some cash. Dad, I have to go. Listen. I'll fix your heater when you get here. Just get here. It's going to be okay. It's Christmas, all right? Under the glare of the clerk and the line of angry customers, Katie does her best to stifle a total emotional breakdown. Yeah. Thanks, Dad. She hangs up and shuffles out of line, head down. And behind a rack of chips hides David, who's been watching the whole thing. the worst, right? I mean, this is really bad. You're the one who wanted to come out here. King Herod and his aides slogged together across the vast desert, with Chomper the Barbarian trailing closely behind. This monstrosity was supposed to be some kind of super cool, you know, bloodthirsty assassin or something. So, so what happened? You don't want to make him angry. He's very sensitive. Obviously something's happened that he needs us to see with our own eyes. Don't talk back, okay? Just don't. Okay. There should be guts and arms and faces everywhere. This morning, I was in bed, dreaming of a baby with an axe through its skull. I've never slept better in my life. Sorry, I didn't realize you're just a big, dumb, Careful. ugly, stupid <sighs> fart brain! Chomper has just flipped Herod upside down and is holding him with one hand by the ankle, while the other hand pulls off Herod's sandals. No, 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 not, not my toes! Don't let him get my toes! Okay. Put him down. Let me go, you big stupid dummy. Let me go right now. That's an order. Herod's just punched the giant in his, well, you know, just under the belt. I think you'd better run. Herod scrambling across the desert sand, sword in hand, pursued by the furious giant barbarian. I, I don't think this really requires my action voice, but do you guys know Yakety Sax? No? Uh, okay, never mind. No! Back! Get back! Herod comes to the crest of a sand dune, but Chomper crashes into him. And now they're tilting, and they're falling. They're falling, falling, into the portal which finally closes. More hapless life forms displaced across time. Delightful. Magi and the Quest for Christmas will return after these messages. 
Hey guys, this is Julia from the band Lightheart. If you're looking for new Christmas music to enjoy with friends and family this year, you can find our all-original full-length Christmas album at lightheartmusic.com. That's L-I-G-H-T-H-A-R-T music.com. Or on any streaming service such as Spotify or Apple Music. Thanks and have a Merry Christmas. You're listening to Magi and the Quest for Christmas, the adventure comedy movie for your ears. Hear it again or hear what you missed at magipodcast.com. Herod finds himself in a field just off the shoulder of a busy highway. Who in the... What am I... Am I dead? Herod spins around, sword drawn, ready to fight somebody, anybody. But then he looks around and sees snow, pine trees... Power lines, dreary skies. Me no understandy. He looks down to find the chrome time orb left behind by the Magi, embedded in the snow. It's glowing, but the gleam fades quickly. He examines it. He shakes it. He looks around again, deeply, deeply confused. Climbing over a highway railing and out of breath from a long winter hike, Herod finds himself bathed in bright red light. In awe, he tilts his gaze up and beholds the sublimely unfettered glory of an American fast food restaurant. Hey, uh, I'd like a combo number three. What is that one? The one with the, yeah, the fries on the burger? Yeah, that's the one that I want. Hi, can I have a Caesar salad, but like no salad? Have a like, like extra cheeseburger. Can I have a crunchy big potato no chives? Also, can I have a Sprite while I put no sugar on my no sugar diet right now? Herod wanders up to the fast food counter like a kid on the first day of school. Hey you, peasant with the pink face. Yes sir, how may I help you? Who's in charge around here? You, you mean like my manager? Listen, just tell me how to get home, okay? We talking money? Human sacrifices? What? Uh, no sacrifices, sir. We just, um, make cheeseburgers. Hmm, so that's what that smell is. Yeah, give me one of everything or everyone dies. Herod exits the restaurant, holding four bags of burgers. Juggling them, he wanders into the middle of the parking lot and shoves an entire burger into his mouth. Mm. Oh yeah, that's the stuff. A Prius rolls slowly out of the drive-thru parking lot and has to slam on the brakes. Hey, everything okay? Herod looks at the driver. The car, the driver's texting daughter in the passenger seat, the sky, the car. You got somewhere to go. Yeah, I need to find Jesus. He is the reason for the season, I guess. The star of Bethlehem, ringing any bells. That's tonight. Whole town's going. You got someone you can call? Uh, what the heck? It's Christmas. We'll give you a ride. Herod approaches the Prius with caution. It takes him a second to figure out the door handle. Uh, Dad. Listen, just honey. I think we can afford to do just one good deed on Christmas, don't you? Yeah, if you don't mind getting murdered. Hey, buddy. You're not trying to murder anyone today, right? No. Murder? No. Come on. When a king does it, it's called execution. The car drives off, but if you keep watching, look behind the restaurant. Wait for it. Where is he? There he is. The giant barbarian chopper steps into traffic and causes a collision. This is my life. 
star that would lead us to where he would lay. Why can't we find it to show us the way? Casper uh, is right. Your precious star moved past us miles ago. We should just uh, turn back and return home. We can't go back now, Mel. What if the baby is just over this hill? Trust me, okay? I have an instinct with these things. They crest the hill and behold together for the first time in any of their lives a shopping mall in all its Christmas splendor. What'd I tell you? Look at this! It's resplendent. Thousands of elegant white lights, rows of dazzling poinsettias, endless lengths of garland. The Magi stagger into the lobby and Mel is seriously bewildered. This is transdimensional, rifting beyond anything I could have imagined. Incredible. A massive Christmas tree stands before them, adorned with gorgeous ornaments and presents. Mel inspects one of the ornaments, shaped as an angel. If the Star of Bethlehem was going to lead us somewhere, this is pretty convincing. You seeing all this, Casper? Smiling ear to ear, Casper can barely take it all in. Could it be that we're standing at the nexus of Earth and the heavens? The infant king has, has, has got to be here. Baz, I don't say this often, but uh, I'm impressed. In the entrance of a men's clothing store, you can make out a mysterious figure behind one of the racks of clothes, spying on the Magi. Guess which time division field agent that is. Ding, ding, ding. John opens his time orb like a flip phone. Don't be mad. Mad? <laughs> See, now that's funny. Yeah, that's me on the other end of this phone call. It's not my best moment, but seriously, you've seen what I'm dealing with. You think I'm mad? But I'm way past mad, John. Your cute little side project has turned into a universe-altering disaster. Just s slow down, buddy. I can fix this. You got to trust me, okay? Oh, you'd better fix it, or the time division of Angel Headquarters will be the laughing stock of everything this side of heaven. C can this actually happen, though? I mean, he's holy. Does he really need our protection? It's just a formality, huh? Slipping into a wool pea coat from one of the clothing racks, John keeps tracking the Magi as they sniff around the mall. We control history, John. We don't control everything. Nobody does. Not even the big guy. There's some crazy people out there and bad things happen. If the Magi don't rescue baby Jesus from King Herod, we don't just lose Christmas. We lose... You, you know that feeling when things are bad, but there's something in you that, you know, still believes it can turn out okay? If Herod wins, that will be gone. Do you understand what I'm telling you? Hope could literally be lost forever. Can you handle this, or do I need to prep the Master Orb? Oh, come on. You never do that. You love your protocol too much. You're a good angel, John, but this is serious. I, I don't want to have to take away your wings over this. I know. Ruthless, right? John runs his finger across an insignia on his collar shaped like wings. He worked very hard for very long to earn that pin. I'll take care of it. Grabbing a fluffy bomber hat from a nearby rack and stuffing it onto his head, John slinks off after the Magi. The lines are long. They play the same three songs over and over at the mall. Magi and the Quest for Christmas will return after these messages. Hi, I'm 
Andrea. And I'm Adam. And this is Ghost, Ghost of, of Christmas, Christmas Cast. Cast. It's a podcast about Christmas nostalgia and new Christmas things that you might not have heard of. Yeah, so we are going to talk about, review, discuss Christmas pop culture, movies, music, whatever else we feel like. Maybe some, some food reviews. Definitely some food reviews. We're, we're big food people. Yeah. We're both, um, like, big Christmas fans. Yes. Welcome back to Magi and the Quest for Christmas, the adventure comedy movie for your ears. Hear it again or hear what you missed at magipodcast.com. While exploring the mall in a frenzy, the Magi pass by the food court, and sitting there, unbeknownst to them, is David, the little boy on the road trip with his mom. Remember him? This little boy was the start of this whole mess. He talks on the phone while playing his handheld Nintendo Switch, but his mom? Where's his mom? Hold on a second. There she is. Okay, good. Katie's in line trying to pay for takeout chicken teriyaki with dozens of quarters. Poor thing. You one dollar short, see? But I thought it was six nine. No, one dollar short. Okay, I'm sorry. Next in line. I thought it was a special. Next in line. I got it. Katie spins around to find a businessman behind her, passing the crisp 20 to the clerk. Oh, sir, thanks, but you really don't have to. Don't be silly. It's Christmas. (sighs) Thank you. This is really good. Yeah, I'm I'm glad we came. I think I just needed some help getting in the Christmas spirit or whatever. You know? Yeah, Mom. It's cool. It's pretty obvious that Katie's not a fan of this game. Or maybe more to the point, she's not a fan of the lowlife who bought it for David and then left for another woman. He... Was that your dad on the phone? We've been driving for two days. What else am I supposed to do? You know I'd buy you all the games in the world if I could, Mom, David. Mom, it's just a game. Don't worry. Dad still sucks. I shouldn't have said anything. Sorry. You want to play? Katie tries not to smile, but she can't help it. Yeah, I want to play. Give me that thing. Mel, Baz, and Casper come to a plaza where several of the mall's concourses merge. A crowd is formed consisting mostly of parents with their very excited kids. Didn't I tell you I'd lead you to the Messiah? What do your stars have to say about this, huh? In light of new evidence, I must concede a new dimension, a heavenly realm. This is all truly incredible! The Magi began to push through the crowd of parents and kids. Official Magi business, clear out! Hey, Bozo! What's the big idea? We're on a mission of cosmic importance. Out of the way. Yeah, typical millennial. Entitled to everything. You know what? Back of the line. Now wait. There there is no need to push. Nearby, a pair of security guards hear the commotion and start to make their way over. Bursting from the crowd, the three magi find a red carpet lined with stanchions ascending deep stairs. The stairs lead to Santa Claus, atop a golden throne with a child on his lap. Spotlights cast a heroic glow on St. Nick, and the Magi are struck with awe. 
So I'm just going to jump in here for a second. Here in the heavenly realm, we've got some varying opinions on Santa Claus. I won't go on record with my stance on that. I'm just, I'm just trying to keep my job. But okay, suffice it to say that this is a mall Santa, not to be confused with the real deal at the North Pole. Same with the broke college students playing elves. Everybody clear on that? I, I'm just trying to be really clear so I keep my job, okay? Okay, I'm, I'm pressing play. Ho, ho, who are these guys? <laughs> well, hey, hey, we got a couple eager beavers here. Guys, what the heck are you doing? Santa's for the kids, you know. Mel, Casper, start looking. Listen, gypsy lady, we have to warn him. Where is the messiah? Mel and Casper start overturning giant wrapped boxes. You hear what I just said? This is the line for Santa. You know, ho, ho, ho. We're not looking for a fat bearded man. Where's the baby? You know, the, the savior. They call Jesus Christ. King Herod's coming to kill him. Guys, I get it, okay? Jesus is the reason for the season and all that. But we don't need no religious nut jobs around here, okay? We don't have time for this. Everyone needs to evacuate now. Baz joins the others in searching, and in so doing, pushes over a Christmas tree. King Herod is coming here with swords, guards, Inconspicuously, and the mall Santa motions to the pair of nearby security guards who begin to push through the crowd. Circling the outside of the commotion, John isn't uh, quite sure uh, how to handle this. Ma'am, what's going on here? Santa Claus sits there in glorious light, but there's not a manger or savior in sight. Okay, it's time to go. The security guard goes to grab Mel, but instead the two tumble together into another Christmas tree and start wrestling. Sir, please let me explain. We have a code Rosie in progress. I repeat, Santa Riot in progress. This is not a drill. Requesting permission to weaponize the peppermint knobs. Baz surveys the destroyed decorations and angry mob. We followed the shining star all this way. How could we be wrong? Behold, I found the sweet sleeping child. John tries to get through the crowd, but it's too dense. The infant messiah, so tender and mild. Baz and Mel turn in time to see Casper pluck a sleeping infant from its distracted mother's arms. Because nothing ties together the red and green of Christmas like an amber alert. Hey, my baby! Are we sure that's him? Shielding the baby, Casper makes a run for it, with Mel and Bass stumbling after him. And again with the running. John is left bewildered, white as his jumpsuit, as two guards on patroller segways peel off after the Magi. And here we go. Thank you for listening to Magi and the Quest for Christmas, created by Secret Level Entertainment and presented to you for your holiday season by this radio station. Stay tuned for episode four, where the Magi flee the shopping mall with a little help from an old friend, then seek to find baby Jesus at a Christmas Eve church service. Magi and the Quest for Christmas was written and directed by Francois Goudreau with Andrew Collins and John Austin contributing to the radio play and additional story by Julia Appleton and Jay Nielsen. Original score composed by Michael Patterson and original songs provided by the band Lightheart. The production featured the voice talent of three-time Emmy Award winner Cam Cornelius, Khadija Tula, John Barker, Jacob Goudreau, Julia Appleton, Jason John Stewart as the narrator, and me, Mike Lane. 
To hear Magi and the Quest for Christmas again, or to hear what you missed, head to magipodcast.com. That's magi, M-A-G-I, podcast.com. Or you can also find the show on your favorite podcast app. Thanks again for listening. Your life is far from meaningless.